Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Time Extend. My name is Adam Smiles, always, and today I'm joined. Well, who who am I joined by? Well, first of all, uh, you have your regular co-host Brendan Norrison, but we also have uh, another member here today who could probably be considered a co-host at this point. But um, it's good to have you again, Jason. Yo, it's always a pleasure to see you too. Yeah, you have your second your secondary co-host. Uh... Jason, hi. Yeah, and we we had to have Jason on uh, for this topic in particular because this is something that you've been sort of uh, I don't want to say needling us to talk about, but you're just like, <laughs> when when are you gonna do the uh, the all important you know jet ski water racing episode? And we finally just slowly sliding the envelope under the time extend door. That's just me. <laughs> Yeah, that's what you have to do. do And there and there are two games that we uh, have not discussed, and one of course is uh, you know your uh, I I think your favorite of the two, uh, Jet Moto, and you really can't talk about Jet Moto without also talking about Wave Race because it it was like the the yin to the PlayStation's yang kind of on the N sixty four. So you know after not really having any water sports like jet ski racing games. Uh, you got two of them back to back in quick succession because that's just how the yep. '90s was, you know. Yep, you had two bangers and then you had Hydro Thunder, but this yeah, is exactly. what we're talking about. We're talking about water skis. We're talking yeah. about jet skis today. Absolutely. So, and and you know, it was uh, in line with the whole '90s extreme sports vibe uh, that we got games like this. We of course also always got our uh, skateboarding games and. Um, you know that that's another genre that's kind of fell off the face of the planet, uh, even though or the weird subgenre of like skateboard racing games, like too extreme, like too extreme, Skitchen. too extreme, which I've never played. Skitchin, which I've heard about, but I've never even seen the box for that. The name just Skitchin is is such a <laughs> conveys such a vibe. It really does. But, but yeah, that like whole weird like subgenre of like extreme sports games that definitely went on for a while. But I feel like these two were two that like kind of cemented it in there. These were the these were some of the best, and you know one of the funny things is that uh, growing up playing both of them uh, around the time they came out, and I didn't actually own either of them. My family didn't own these games, but you know we were uh, frequently renting certain titles, and I feel like uh, Jet Moto was one of them, and. Like as a kid, Jet Moto seems cooler, like off the bat, because it's like futuristic, and you know you're not just on water; you're on all these different surfaces. But I think I think when you dig down, they're they're two on the surface. They might have seemed like kind of similar games because they're both kind of jet skis. But then you know once once you actually play them, it's clear that they could not be more different. Uh, you know, Jet Moto obviously futuristic. Their hovercrafts are not really jet skis. And you're really only spending like, you know, at best like half a lap on water. On some tracks, you're like never on water. And Wave Race is like as realistic a jet ski simulation as you're going to get in 1996. So. If we're talking about 64, yeah. 64 was just like, let's make a really solid jet ski game. Pretty much. Yeah. And. I guess to uh, to kick things off and and you know start talking about these games in detail. So the way that 
uh, you know, I was thinking it made sense to structure this discussion was just start with the one that came first. What I quickly learned was that uh, in North America, at least, Jetmodo and WaveRay64, their release dates were separated by one day, which wow. adds adds to the competition, the rivalry between these two games in the marketplace. Uh, technically, Jetmodo was the first. <laughs> well, everyone's used to the Sega versus Nintendo thing, but you know, Sony versus Nintendo is a is a whole other whole other side. Yeah, it's a whole another side side tangent. Yeah. Yeah, that's so weird. I found out that they came out with within a day because I remember Jetmodo was like very close to launch on the PlayStation. At least it was at least like a couple months or a year after Twisted Metal. Um, I mean, I'll I'll tell you, uh, and and I mean, I'll I'll double check right now just to make sure I don't have it down wrong. We're gonna pay a visit to Wikipedia, but uh, I, I I do believe it actually came out quite a bit after the PlayStation did. Yeah, so so Jetmodo one released October thirty first ninety six. Uh, oh, okay. You know, the PlayStation released... Uh, so it's about a year after the system came out, a little bit over a year after the system came out. And then on November 1st, 1996, we get Wave Race 64 in the US. Now, Wave Race 64 actually came out in Japan uh, a little bit more than a month earlier on September 27th. Um, but Wave Race 64 was also the third N64 game to come out in, in the US. And I imagine like what you had like uh Super Mario sixty four and Pilot Wings and no, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think those were the first two and then Wave Race Super Mario sixty four, I I think that's a Breath of the Wild situation. I think people can see themselves playing that game for a long time without really needing something else. But then out of out of anything that you could have had for a third game on that system, you get a jet ski game. Sure. I mean, why not? Worked for the Game Boy. Game Boy had Waveries. Yeah. So, both. so Brendan, I know, you know, we, we've established many times on the show, you're not uh, an N64, uh, you know, you didn't grow up with the N64, not faithful to that system necessarily, but I know you had a PlayStation. So did you, did you play any Jetmodo? So I haven't actually played uh, much Jetmodo either. Um, the thing is, though, it's one of those games where it was always on the kind of the video rental stores shelves. Like, I was always kind of about to get it, and then I'd probably pick up like Ridge Racer Type 4 or something again, and <laughs> never quite got around to it. But um, it's one of those ones as well where I've seen quite a bit of it just because it often pops up in racing game discussions for the PlayStation 1, and m more for me in this conversation, I suppose, it will be understanding what makes it so good because I can clearly see from the gameplay and stuff that it looks like an interesting game but I'm not sure what it was it never just made me kind of take that plunge and it's probably just something as daft as when I was younger I used to love racing games with cars in them but like anything else even motorbikes and stuff I wasn't really as keen on so that's probably why I never did get around to Jet Moto and then in the case of Wave Race I did actually have the virtual console version on the Wii um, I picked that up for like, the most like, stupid reason ever, where it was like I was reading a magazine and seeing that they had changed the billboards to advertise the Nintendo DS, <laughs> and I just thought weird, like fucking time bending shit that there's like Nintendo DS billboards and a Nintendo 64 game. So I have got very limited experience with Wave Race, but with Jet Moto, I've still not actually played it. But I'll be looking forward to hear what you guys say. 
Yeah. Now I feel that I I grew up playing some some Jet Moto one and two. The the two games are so similar, and, and we'll go into that later. But they're so similar that's kind of hard to separate them. Differentiate. For, yeah, for the same reason that like Wipeout twenty ninety seven and the first Wipeout is just like twenty ninety seven made a lot of quality of life fixes that made that game unquestionably better than the first one but it still looks a lot like the first one it still has like a very similar vibe very similar uh crafts and the tracks are different but you know it's it's pretty much it it just feels like a patch on the first game that's kind of the same thing with jet moto 2 um but you get more content uh definitely yeah and, and then jet moto 3 it's like its own like side thing yeah, we're yeah we're not gonna. As far as I'm concerned, Jet Moto Three never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. The only one instance it happened is that it got Doritos as a sponsor. It's the only reason it happened. That's true, and those Doritos crafts are actually uh, are actually kind of neat. But to you know the the whole Jet Moto um uh sponsorship uh in game yeah. advertising thing is is a weird a weird topic in of itself, but. Yeah, so so these games, uh, so the Jet Moto series, at least one and two, um, were developed by a company called Single Track. Uh, they they would not have that wi- that uh, name for very long, but they were you know a very important, very influential developer in the PlayStation's early days. This and Twisted Metal were their two franchises, and you know it's safe to say that they alongside the likes of uh battle arena toshinden you know maybe and like destruction derby uh and and you know you could throw you could throw the first two ridge racers in there as well i guess they were one of the you know these were games that sold the system uh single track eventually uh i think what like in the i want to say it was like probably like the late 90s early 2000s they they it was like a simultaneous shutdown and also some of them went on to form incognito, which would develop like twisted metal black and a couple other games. Um, I want to say that was like nine, like 2000, 2001 when they switched over to like PS2 development. Yeah. Like single, single track went along through the PlayStation era a little bit after twisted metal one and two and jet moto one and two, like they stuck around a little bit. They made this like hoverboard game and like, a couple other twisted metal ripoffs, and then they switched to Incognito, and I want to say 2001, probably 2001-99. Yeah, so it was a combination of things. Basically, they, uh, yeah, you're right in, in saying that they shut down. Single track shut down in 2000, but they were acquired in the sense they were acquired by uh, GT Interactive, which then became an Infogrames studio, and at the same time, some of them uh, speared off and formed Incognito. Uh, the other game we're not talking about that was also part of their uh, lineage in the early PlayStation days was Warhawk, which is a game that I've never played, but I've seen I've seen the box art for Warhawk Warhawk like eight billion times. <laughs> Neither have I. I've like yeah. I've like seen trailers and I've seen gameplay and I've just never seen that game like played. Yeah, it's it's there. It's no Jet Moto, but it's there. <laughs> yeah, I mean. So- Twisted Metal was was definitely their uh, their their core thing that everybody was everybody yeah. was playing. But what was that, Brendan? I was going to say I've actually played Warhawk. So of all the games that's been brought up today, um, I actually did play quite a bit of Warhawk um, on the PlayStation Three, and um, 
the multiplayer especially was good fun. That's all I can really recall. I think it was during that time period where you're trying to kind of play anything that would justify the purchase. Um, but I remember it being pretty kind of packed online as well, so it was pretty cool. I didn't know that it was in any way related to the Jet Moto, so I'm already learning something here. Yeah, well, they, they made both Warhawks. They made the original one on the PlayStation and they oh, made the PS3 yeah, one sure. as Incognito, so... Uh, yeah, but I, I didn't even realize Incognito isn't around anymore, uh, and they haven't been around for some time, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, at this time, single track kind of rules the PlayStation. Uh, and with Jet Moto, you know, I really do have to wonder uh, how much of... I mean, they would they would have been aware of what was going on with Wave Race, obviously, but I, I do kind of wonder uh, how much they were trying to come out with a game that would have uh, been the PlayStation's version of Wave Race, like how much they were like really purposefully trying to come up with a, a competitor. Because the story goes that like when they were originally starting work on Jet Moto, they wanted to make some kind of, uh, I guess, futuristic bike racing game, but what they determined, which was a pretty clever thing, is that they would be able to save a lot of system resources if they didn't have wheel surrender. So just on the basis of that alone, uh, they they decided like, hey, let's uh, let's make these just futuristic hovercrafts. And I am honestly in awe of the ambition of the first Jet Moto because it's clear that with this game, they really bit off more than they could chew. Because the next several entries, uh, or the, the next two revisions of of this design, were scaled back in a lot of interesting ways. Uh, the the first game, you had twenty riders on one track, which for the PlayStation is just absurd to think about. I mean, I I've definitely played more Jet Moto Two than Jet Moto One, uh, and Jet Moto Two as well as we'll talk about is a little bit different in this regard. So I don't really remember what it's like to be, you know riding alongside 19 competitors but with the action in this game and with like uh i mean the suicide courses obviously uh where you're yep. kind of going down a shared path in both directions you kind of go around uh, the the tethering pole sort of at either end then you ride back down into oncoming traffic 20 riders doing that that's yeah no yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> My bad to cough up along, but yeah. It's crazy. Like, Jet Moto 1's a wild experience when you think about it, going from, like, any normal jet ski or, like, dirt bike game to, like, this, like, 20 hover bikes at once. You have a little side grapple that pulls you around corners. Like, you're jumping and skitching around everywhere. Like, it's a crazy, it's a crazy key experience. It really is. Yeah. What, what differentiates it from other games that would have kind of been in this genre is that as we said they're hovercrafts you're not only riding on water so for example the first the first track uh you're on kind of like a beach you actually start on a road and then you just like jettison out the side of a building and now you're in the ocean uh there's like parts of like broken down highway and stuff and obviously like sandbars and dunes in the ocean um that you can uh or in the water that that you can kind of launch yourself off of but you start on asphalt you end up on water sometimes you're on sand and that's basically like 
the crux of Jet Moto is that this is not just jet skiing. It's you're you're on every kind of surface type. Uh, in addition to that, you do have to worry about or or one of the core game design elements, as you were saying, Jason, is that grapple. So you'll see these poles at particularly tight corners on these tracks, and if you press, I think it's a circle button, you will form like an electrical tether with that pole to help you get around the corner at a faster speed than you would be able to if you were just cornering normally. Uh, as a kid, I didn't understand this at all. So I would just like press a button and then you, you, you'd see the, the, the electrical energy or whatever and I'd just be like, that looks cool. I didn't know what it was for. <laughs> you'd see like the cool yeah. thing and it makes like the cool bomb noise and then you call it a day. Yeah. That's how it goes. It's a lot of mechanisms. For a game like this, it you know, is. you also couldn't use the you you had a limit on on how much tether you could use, right? There's a bar in the speedometer, so you couldn't expend mm -hmm. all of it, uh, or else you would be in bad shape for the next corner. It, it does recharge, but um, yeah, you did have to kind of be strategic about it. Also, your boosts too, because you only had four boosts, and you had to limit them per lap. Right. So yeah, every lap, every lap you would get. I'm sorry to cut you off, Adam. That's my bad. I heard you talking. No, I was just gonna um, say, like on the surface, it's it's uh, a yeah. lot more simple than it ends up being. Yeah, like it it is pretty simple, but it's also pretty technical at the same time. There, how I figured it out in that uh, how you have four boosts per lap, you it recharges them every lap. So the key to it is like finding areas in the course where you boost off of them, like setting up certain jumps. And there's that little bit of technicality that plays into it. Also among like avoiding 30 riders and jumping over broken highways. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, sort of apocalyptic sort of, like, I guess maybe even Motorstorm Apocalypse vibes to the track design in this game because it's, you know, there's one that's like in San Francisco after like an earthquake. Um at least I, uh, that's a Jet Mode 2 course, I think, actually. No, but, that's that's one, yeah, but there's okay. a couple. Yeah. There, there's, like, a, a busted-up ski resort in the middle of the snow, like, the landslide. Like, there's a landslide and snow everywhere. There's the swamps. There's, there's a couple different types of courses. The thing about Jet Mode I liked is just the different environments. How they have, like, here's this environment. Here's, like, three to four courses based on this environment. That was always cool. They are they are all very different for sure. Uh, those the the suicide tracks though those are the ones that like when I think of Jet Moto, uh, those come to mind. Uh, suicide Swamp is you know the one I remember playing a lot because I feel like that was maybe in the demo as well that I had back in the day like a PlayStation Underground demo or something. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, there was also. Uh, Jet Moto 2, there was the Shaft, which I think is one of the most evil course designs ever. Uh, Agreed. You, you, you end up in a lot of cases with these games. Uh, it, it's, it's enough to worry about going back in the air direction when riders are flying at you. And if you get hit, that, you know, you, you respawn. Um, and that can be very time consuming. Sometimes it will place you in the absolute worst spot. It does this a lot in the shaft where if you fall off your bike and you respawn, it will put you right before a jump, which you will not have enough speed to clear. So that is like the worst. It's it, it, like, and that's what I'm saying when like this game was so ambitious, you combined 
you, you combine just like the the variation in the track designs these like uh, the suicide courses, the cliffs that you could just fall off of, 20 riders on one track, and, like, the tethering, the boost, the speed of it, like, I... Jet Moto, to me, is a game that is so hard to be good at, and, like, if I put maybe, like, 30 to 40 minutes into it, I can kind of remember the skills and get a handle on things, but it's not a game I was ever able to just jump into. And the net result of all of these decisions is that uh it doesn't run particularly smoothly so you know in the nope. first game you're what you're probably struggling to hit like 20 frames a second because of all the crap that is going on in front of you uh and they would improve that with the the championship edition of jet moto 2 which is a, a whole other thing but it's it, it really just seems like it's if they were if they curbed certain things if they kind of you know maybe like hey let's do eight riders or something like that like they they, they could have found like a, a happy medium if they tuned some of these elements and made the games really hard but instead they just like throw it all at you and <laughs> just go for it all at once that seems to be like jet moto playing because jet moto went like besides the first game like they went all in with the sequels there was going to be a sequel on PS2. There's going to be a sequel on. Uh, There's going to be two sequels on the PlayStation after three. Like I feel like the story with that series is just we're going to go balls deep, make everything. But it is a lot to get a handle on your first time playing. It really is. You, Jet Moto is like a game you sit there and you get good at after a while, after like years even. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I mean, from here, like, I I, I guess I don't want to spend a ton of time on it just because we haven't all played it. Brendan, you, you haven't had much experience with Jet Moto, but uh, Jason, I know, like, you're a big fan of the franchise and and uh, these, you know, at least the first two games. So, like, what is it What is it about Jet Moto that uh, you miss? Or It's just... It's a lot of things. Like, I don't know. It's the art style, for one. Like, Jet Moto just has a kick-ass art style. Like, everything's drawn by this 90s comic book artist, and there's all these crazy, wacky characters. Like, what's his name? The guy with the Mega Man helmet. Technician. Like, there's this... <laughs> oh, I'm connected to a computer, but I train on Jet Moto 24-7. And there's, like, another guy who's, like always fixing bikes and like everybody has their own little story to it it's just like interesting how it all comes together the music the music's another strong point for me it shares a lot of music with twisted metal one and two like it yeah, has that same kind yeah. of hard rock style does it i mean it shares actual songs right yeah it does yeah, like full-on songs which is just funny um, in and of itself fun fact uh suicide swamp in twisted metal 2 is actually one of the snow tracks in Jet Moto One. I love that. And same thing. And same thing with the LA tra the the Los Angeles level in Twisted Metal Two. That's another one of the snow tracks in uh, <laughs> Jet Moto. I just love. It's I crazy. love it when it's like egregious, like just taking things like that. I mean, it's fine. You know, it's uh, one studio making these two games at launch for a PlayStation. They have a lot to do, so I totally understand sharing content between them it helps that it was good content because the soundtrack in this game is um well while wave races soundtrack is definitely more to like my taste uh jet moto has this sort of hard rock action movie vibe to it that 
it, it just hits really well. It's perfect for the game. Uh, I love the title music to Jet Moto 2 when you're in the menus is like, I hear that and I just feel a wave of nostalgia. I'm, I'm in my, uh, my parents' basement and I'm a kid and it's like 1997 or 98 <laughs> all over again. And I'm like this like pinkish red carpet sitting uh, cross-legged in front of this massive Toshiba CRT. Uh, going to play some Jet Moto 2. The advertising in this game is so fucking apparent. Like I'm just I've been watching some gameplay videos while we're talking and Jesus, they didn't spend any expense there. There's like seven dif different types of Nestle chocolate being advertised around the track. You've got Mountain Dew in here, then um the kind of manufacturers of jet skis and stuff as well. It's it's pretty interesting to see just given the, the kind of setting of the, the game itself. There there seems to be a lot of branding associated with it it was a really prominent part of the game's design uh this was yeah. a time before you know in-game advertising was was really a thing and i think it's like the first case that i can think of in uh in my history of playing games where it was obvious like you had them you had the mountain dew bikes you had the butterfinger bikes um, you have Jet uh, Chef Boyardee advertising, which is yeah. pretty funny. But I was reading that apparently one of the game's uh, producers uh, quote fought like hell to make sure that Chef Boyardee did not sponsor a bike and was only trackside advertising, which I find really really funny. Um, I find that very <laughs> weird. Yeah, I I get it. It's it's one of those like kind of funny brands that. Uh, if you're trying to cultivate, I mean, the reason the reason why it works for Jet Moto is because in the '90s, like Mountain Dew was seen as edgy, right? Uh, Butterfinger maybe True. less so, but Butterfinger at least had like the Simpsons sponsorship going on. They had the Simpsons ad campaign, so they were kind of like they they were like sort of Gen X edgy, and it makes sense. Uh, and I, I don't know. I mean, as a kid, you always want to. You see those brands and you you want to ride those bikes. I mean, I remember I always yeah. I always uh, went towards the Mountain Dew one, the the big dude who rode the Mountain Dew bike. That was like the my thing. Dew. So it looks like the yeah. the EU version of the game still had these ads, despite the fact you can't get a Butterfinger over here. And I don't even know if Mountain Dew was actually available in the UK when this game came out. I don't think it was. So it's pretty interesting. Maybe the amazing idea to check the PAL versions of the game because I actually have PAL versions. Yeah, I'm just watching yeah, a gameplay I... video now and it's all still here. The advertising, baby roofs, everything. But you would not even be able to go and buy in the shop if you wanted to. Well, it's funny. It's a fact I like to bring up, but uh, Jetmoto in Europe wasn't Jetmoto. It was just called uh, a Jet Rider. Jet Rider. Yeah. They just straight up changed the name. Yeah, there was but some... There was some licensing thing that I think prevented them from using Jet Moto over there. Uh, hey. Yeah. But I was just curious to check the manual and see if it even has the license for like Mountain Dew or any of that. It I didn't even you a think jet of that. Ski trip. You, could, you could win a jet ski holiday package <laughs> according oh. to Jet Moto. <laughs> that is really funny. I mean, Nestle is like a global brand, so I'm kind of surprised yeah. that they didn't have like. Uh, you know, for for PAL regions, you you have a maybe a Cadbury bike instead of a, <laughs> <laughs> the instead of a Butterfinger. Crunch, 
is available here, and that's on the advertising boards. I don't know if there's a bike associated with that, but there's a huh. Nestle Crunch bar here as well. So I suppose they, they went one for nine or however many advertisements. Oh, Crunch is game. like Crunch is everywhere in this game. Like yeah, yeah. Nestle Crunch. Almost every billboard on the side of a track. It's crazy. I never thought about much when I was a kid, but or up until now, but when I was young, like Nestle Crunch was my favorite candy. It was like my favorite chocolate bar. And this game probably had something to do with that. Now, now that I think about it. Uh, I feel that. Nestle Crunch or a bunch of crunch. Bunch of crunch was always my go to. Get the little box. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it it's a very weird game, but there's nothing else like it. And I think that really works to Jet Moto's advantage. I mean, still to this day, if you want this sort of utterly bizarre, crazy fast, like too fast for its own good experience where you feel like you're never in control, no game's going to give you that uh, in quite this way uh, as, as Jet Moto. And with Jet Moto 2... They made a couple of, of critical changes. Uh, they reduced the number of riders to 10 to lessen the load on the system uh, in a race. The problem is that another thing that they did to, to also uh, push the PlayStation a little bit less to maybe improve some performance was that they kind of killed the AI for the competitors. So what they did instead was basically record gameplay uh, and then bake that into what the competitors, what your rivals on track would do. So they kind of always follow the same lines, uh, which which isn't that big a deal back in the day. I mean, yeah, it's not it's not great design, but like when you consider this was like you know the mid '90s, 32-bit system, it makes sense. The problem is that the uh, the, the the skill of the recording of the footage that they captured is apparent is like very very good. Like, uh, I guess they, they had they say that they had a, a game tester who was also a sponsored snowboarder running each track multiple times, uh, and then the AI would kind of default to that that line, and it was just so fast that it makes the, the game a lot more difficult than it really should be. <laughs> now, see, you're finding Jet Moto information that I didn't know because I've never heard of that that they used a snowboarder to check out the tracks or check out the AI. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so this is actually from, uh, it's it's archived on like, it's like an internet archive blog, uh, it's from 2007. Um, one of the developers just like kind of goes into, goes deep into, into all of these aspects of the game design. Um, yeah, how they had AI in the first game that they got rid of in the second game and just replaced with these like expert level runs. Uh, the, the physics being completely different for the player's bike versus the competitor's bike so oftentimes like there were situations where you'd get knock knocked off your bike but like the other riders wouldn't uh all, all yeah, of these no. things making the game feel you know making the game harder and, and feel a little bit less fair but you know arcade racing game in 1997 what do you expect <laughs> yeah really what are you what are you gonna do for an old playstation game that like came out at launch the original plan apparently was that when you'd be knocked off your bike, you didn't get to respawn. Uh, I I can't imagine playing Wave Race or uh, playing Jet Moto that way. I, I think it would it would just make the game impossible. Considering how many times you get knocked 
knocked off your bike? No, yeah. like that it would be like road rash. You <laughs> you'd have to restart, go back to the menu every time you'd lose a race. <laughs> yeah. Not make for a fun time. I always thought it was weird how Jet Moto had like rally scoring as an option. The cool thing I always found about Jet Moto was the custom circuit option, and you can make like your own lay your own layout of courses and just run like your own specific championship. Uh, oh, 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 right. So, so you're not making yeah. your own tracks. You're, you're no, no. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're organizing them in order, but it also has rally scoring. Like besides like normal like position based, it has like time based, and I thought that was kind of cool. That's something you don't see too often in an older game like that. Yeah, to have it scored by time. Yeah, it's neat. There was also a PC version of this game, which I wasn't aware of until like last year. They ported it to a PC. Yep, the PC uh, port's not bad. I like it. <laughs> I've played it before. They ported over. They ported over Gemoto and Twisted Metal Two around the same time. Yeah, like I, a year I guess later. Just for that, yeah, like a year, like a year or two. I guess just for that effect of like, oh, we could have PlayStation games on computers now. I really don't know. I mean, Se Sega used to do that too. Obviously, there were a bunch of games on the Saturn, like Daytona USA, uh, CCE, and Sega Rally that got ported to PC. And those PC versions actually run pretty fine. Uh, Panzer Dragoon, even, and I think it supported that like NVIDIA uh, graphics card, the NV1, that was basically like a Saturn, but for your PC, which is a whole weird lazy game review thing that I've like been trying to <laughs> unpack uh, I love that PC you've been hardware. more and more sold on <laughs> LGR I love it they're the best hey. that guy that guy is awesome yeah like I watched a while back his video on like the big need for speed like box he got box set he got from China and it's all like pirated versions of need for speed one up to like carbon it was oh, an interesting wow. lot one to watch for later um so so the last thing that i will i will uh end the the jet modo part of the discussion with at least my contribution to it is mm -hmm. i find the whole championship edition jet mode 2 championship edition thing really interesting uh so so basically jet mode 2 came out about a year after the first game it was like uh i think almost i think exactly a year after the first game it was october 31st 97 uh, had much of the same content. It did have new tracks, but also had the 10 tracks from Jet Moto 1. And eventually, when they wanted to do a greatest hits version of the game, they decided that what they would rather do is come out with Championship Edition, which is kind of like Jet Moto 2 Plus in a way. Basically, they paired the number of riders down even further for this version of the game from 10 to 4. So now you're talking about a wave race like experience where you you've only got three other rivals on track. So we've gone from 20 in when this game first came out. Now we're at four, but the benefit to that is that it would let it run at 30 frames per second. So like if you're, you know, more competitive, if you're, I don't think we're like speed running or competitive jet mode, that was really a thing back in the day, but I guess if you wanted to really test your skills and have like the smoothest possible experience, you'd play championship edition. There's like one other guy that speed. <laughs> there's like one guy that speed runs Jet Moto and maybe like three time trial videos of me playing Jet Moto too. Nice, good company. I just to had be. to crack. 
Yeah, exactly. Good company to be in. We got two people running Jet Moto. Yeah, the championship thing was always interesting. I, I actually printed out that box art. There's a set of box art out there where yeah. they actually labeled it Champion Edition and such. So so here's here's what ended up happening. Here's the other half of the story. Here's the kicker. So they submitted this to Sony for the greatest hits version of the game. And then Sony said, you can't do that. Uh, the greatest hits version of a given PlayStation title has to be exactly the same as the original game. So they were, you know, the single track uh, was was annoyed at this. The One of the lead developers, Brian Wicklem, explained this in the blog. Uh, and, and Brian says that he submitted Championship Edition. It was rejected. So he burned a copy of the original game because Sony had lost the master and sent that in to be made as the general or as the uh, greatest hits version. Sony then fucked up and copied and pr and mass produced the original championship edi edition version that Sony did not want to produce and made that the greatest hits game. So in a weird way, it ends up being that that the version, <laughs> the version that the team originally wanted to put out there, Championship Edition, which was rejected by Sony, actually ends up becoming the greatest hits version of the game. Oh, and although the box art is exactly the same with the greatest hits as as the original Jet Moto Two, when you start the greatest hits version of Jet Moto Two, it does say Jet Moto Two Championship Edition. Yep. It's it's very strange. So, yeah, as Jason, as you were saying, the mystery. there's like. There's like, has been solved. <laughs> there's like other box art that never saw the light of day, but you can find like, you know, it's like awfully yeah. low resolution version of it. You can find online and like print that out. I guess if you really wanted to have the full experience, it, it's weird. See, I always thought, I always thought it was like a disc swapping snafu. Like they accidentally sent them champion edition instead of sending them the master. No, they, they, they sent them, they sent them, championship edition first sony said that's not going to work so then they burned a copy of the original non-championship edition and Sony said okay good but they still accidentally produced the version of the game they didn't want to release so it was sony's fuck up entirely on their own and yep. it's uh, it's funny and I mean, that's we got two why versions. we don't have Jaboto anymore <laughs> we got two versions of the game so yeah <sighs> that's that's Jet Moto. Uh, I, th I think you know we're already like forty minutes into this, so we should probably just move on to Wave Race. Just play Jet Moto. Just 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 play two. If you gotta play one, play two.
Wave Race 64 comes out a day later <laughs> in North America. <laughs> so um, how does our GameStop shopping adventure go? So so I obviously bought Jetmoto. You got to buy Wave Race. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I didn't own either of them. Uh, Brendan evidently didn't own either of them either, although nope. you got the virtual console version, so... Yep. <laughs> got the on the end. Were you, like, always like, hey, I, you know, wanted to check this game out and just never got around to it, or...? I think it was... I think, um... In that era of the Wii, like... It was just really cool to be able to download games full stop. So it was always a yeah. case of buying Wii points and just buying stuff. And then the, the Nintendo 64 stuff was always ludicrously expensive because, you know, Nintendo. So when it came to trying to pick something up, I knew that I didn't like Mario Kart 64 at all because I'd played that quite a bit. Um, and then there was Wave Race and Zelda. I'm not a huge Zelda fan either. And I was like, you know what? I'll try Wave Race. That's really how I ended up with it. You're going to make enemies saying that. You know, that you yeah, don't like Mario Kart 64. I know. I know. I, 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 that's a topic for another day, man. But honestly, hold my hands up. I don't know why people pretend that's a good game. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what a, a good game is. Uh, Wave Race 64. Wave Race 64 yeah. is a very, very good game. Um Developed by the one and only Nintendo EAD, of course, a legendary studio we never get to talk about because they have ever only made two kinds of racing games. <laughs> uh, produced by the great Shigeru Miyamoto himself, uh, and the main developer on this game was a man by the name of Shinya Takahashi. I'm sure the Nintendo nerds listening to this can rattle off all of the amazing work he's done, and I just i am not aware of it, but I'm sure he's had a very prolific and important career. <laughs> uh, it, it, so you know because it's Nintendo there's a lot of good history about this game and uh, I was able to find the quote and, and, and basically this the genesis of Wave Race kind of goes back to Nintendo you know having N64 Project Reality built on this Silicon Graphics you know derived chipset being able to do all these interesting things with polygons that were never possible before and not even possible on the PS1 or, or the Saturn. And they were just familiarizing themselves with the 3D tech. Um, Takahashi... The way of the future. Yeah, exactly. Takahashi says that uh, they were basically just messing around with water physics and uh, Shigeru Miyamoto apparently be became aware of this and was impressed and said like, hey you gotta do something with this. Like, it's really cool. Whatever this is, make a game. So, uh, they, they had the Wave Race franchise kind of saying dormant because they had that Game Boy game that I don't think anyone's ever played, but it does exist. Hey, hi, how you doing? You've played it? I'm like the only one. I'm probably like the only one, but I played <laughs> it. It's not bad. It's like a top-down jet ski game. That's all it is. Yeah. So, that music is a bop, though. It's got really good music, I'll say that much. There's a lot of good music on the Game Boy, that's for sure. Um, and yeah, and then from there, like uh, Shinya Takahashi's team was responsible for for making something with water physics, and there is where you get Wave Race. Uh, if you look at the early demos and betas of this game, it was going to be something way different. And this is this to me is one of the coolest examples of like secret hidden game development things that like 
back in the day I wasn't aware of, but like, you know, now that I've done the research and I'm older and I see it, it's just really interesting. Wave Race 64 in its original incarnation was basically Hydro Thunder. You have speedboats that transform and they would have to transform to get through certain aspects of the track. Uh, there's a couple clips on YouTube you can see from like their uh, show Shinkai exhibition uh, where they're showing a demo of this game and you see one of the one of the crafts like kind of contract to get to get through like a tight space. There were like sections that were you're going through tubes almost like F-Zero. Um, it was going to be something completely different. And then ultimately, uh, Miyamoto felt that they needed to create a game that was a little bit more grounded in reality for the simple reason that there were a lot of futuristic racing games at the time, which makes complete sense. Uh, I guess what they wouldn't have expected is that Sony would be working on the jet ski game of their own at the exact same time. So, <laughs> like literally one day before. Yeah, it would come out one day before. Um, and apparently, it was a, it was a rare's Tim Stamper who suggested that they use jet skis instead of uh, speedboats. So, really weird history with this game, but it, it it all you know it all turned out amazingly. And there's there's that famous statistic that uh, like the the water physics in jet mo in the wave race are. They take up like 70% of the Nintendo 64's processing power just to do the water alone. Wow. Yeah. It's a... It, it really is a technical tour de force. Uh, I highly recommend everyone listening to this uh, goes and checks out uh, John from Digital Foundry, who was, of course, on a couple episodes ago. Um, he did a series of videos... I don't think it was super recent, but for DF Retro, where it was just kind of going through the history of water physics in games. And one of the ones he, of course, touches on is is Wave Race. And he's able to kind of turn off certain like polygonal mesh meshes and things like that, so you can actually see how the game renders water. And what's really interesting is that like the waves, the 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 movement, the ripples, everything is really only like uh, I don't know, like a 50 by 50 foot kind of square in f like that your rider is in, that your jet ski is in, and the entire world outside that zone actually is not rendering like any water information or physics. So the game is able to create this illusion where it looks like there are like waves in the distance that aren't actually there, and that's pretty cool. Dope. Yeah. Wave Race 64, like, I've always had fun with, but I've never knew, like, the graph and stuff behind it. Like, that's pretty awesome, going through the graph, going through the graph fidelity like that. Yeah, There's I... There's a lot it, of tech in there for a launch Nintendo 64 game. Yeah, because it, it seems like it's beyond the system's capabilities, and it, it is really pretty, and the, the way that they can do courses in that game, like Drake Lake, that are totally calm, where you just see the reflection of the water... And they can do, like, Marine Fortress that is, like, you know, crashing waves, like, the, the, the sea is angry that day, you know, those <laughs> that kind yeah, of vibe. It, it can do it can do it both, and the physics, Brendan, I think I said this to you on a, on a previous episode, but, like, the Sega Rally of water physics is Wave Race 64. Yeah, I remember you saying that. It just, it just feels so good to this day. And man, like, I never played the sequel, really, at all, but, uh, 
and and I really should I, I should uh, do something about that one of these days. But but damn, this game just handles so well. This is where I side. This is where on my side of the wave race like spectrum. You, you should definitely play the sequel. I've had a lot of fun with that game. Uh, what is it? Blue Storm, I think it's called. Blue Storm. But I've yeah. had that one from like the GameCube back in the day to like now. I've always been playing that game. That's kind of how I feel about this wave race as opposed to 64. GameCube one was dope. <laughs> but 64 is amazing. 64 definitely is a really good jet ski 64 game. Well, I mean, I'm right there with you. For if, if you're talking about like 1080, for example. Everyone always talks about how much better 1080 was than Avalanche, but I actually had a lot more fun with Avalanche than I had with the first game. So, yeah. Definitely recommend Blue Storm. That's, 64 is good, though. 64's got a lot of stuff. Though. It, it, it has a little... It has that replay value in it, how it plays. It, it is... It just makes you want to keep coming back. It is incredibly annoying, though, in certain ways. So, like, my... My beef forever with Rave Race 64 is that the way the championships are designed is is honestly evil. You have to qualify above a certain position to progress to the next round of the championship. But there is also championship scoring. So you could be in a situation where it's like, I have the lead. I don't need to finish higher than third to win the championship, but the game says I have to finish first. And then you couple in also like there's um, like a timer in these races where like you might fail the finish or something like that. Or like uh, the the whole buoy system where, you know, you have to you have to go the left buoys and the right buoys to build power. Yeah. And it makes the game very difficult. And it's just very annoying when it's like, I have the lead in the championship. You're making me finish first, and I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm just like the, the AI gets really tough in this game, and you end up losing even though you're leading the series. Like you have to, you know, you have to retire from the championship even though you're leading the series because you finished third instead of second. It's it's just it's so dumb. It's like this game. I remember I really got into it actually on the virtual console as well. That was when that was when I really. Uh, uh, sort of revisited it and and did so and and really tried to be good at the game and there were so many times I just wanted to throw that stupid classic controller at the screen because <laughs> oh, this game can be so frustratingly difficult sometimes definitely can the thing about I'm... Wave Race as well like it's actually available on the Wii U's virtual console too so it's like it's only one generation back from the Switch in terms of availability of the game it would be cool if we could get a port on the switch but the virtual console stuff just seems to not be on nintendo's radar anymore i mean the problem is if it like it is on their radar very much if you look at the snes and the nes online yeah stuff. true but they have no interest in doing that for n64 um so yeah until that happens which i have to imagine they'll do it one day um, they're just not really interested in doing it right yeah, now. Yeah, I can't imagine they wouldn't put 64 on the Switch for, like, forever. Look, I they, mean, they... That was already four years old at this point, so it's <laughs> possible that... <laughs> I mean, it's Nintendo, they, the decisions they make at times, it's very hard to predict, so who knows. They locked, uh, you know, they locked Super Mario 64 back into the Nintendo vault, so yeah, we so know they can do it, it's just a matter of whether or not they want to. Wave Race Collection. 
There is a soul in Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I yeah. The other thing about Wave Race that I have to shout out is the soundtrack. This game is such a good soundtrack. Uh, yeah, sixty-four definitely. Sixty-four has got amazing soundtrack. Composed by uh, Kazumi Totaka, who composed a lot of Nintendo games. Uh, his uh, Totaka song that appears in Link's Awakening and Animal Crossing and a bunch of different games does not appear in this one, which is kind of interesting. Uh, but it is it is a very very good soundtrack and. Ah, uh, what's the name? I, I need to find the name of the particular song that I love, and I will definitely put it in the episode. But it's the one that plays at, like, the night course. Uh, Twilight City, I think, is the name. Uh, ah, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah. I just can't... I, I just get that title theme music stuck in my head all the time. That one's, that, that one's a good one. Just start up. It's like Jet Moto 2. You just start up Wave Race 64. You're just instantly back to nostalgia because of how hype music got. This game has a really like calming aesthetic to it. I mean, in that way, it's definitely like the polar opposite of Jet Moto, where there's like that kind of twinkling sort of music that like prefaces yeah. every single race. Uh, the announcer's voice is like very chill. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I love like like the music over the character select, uh, the rider select is great. Just the sound effects in this game are fantastic. Uh, sound design is not something that I or I think really anybody considers when you talk about the N64 just because its audio hardware was kind of trash, but they really did a good job at Wave Race. Yeah. Like those are good engine notes. It's not like you know, like the usual high-pitched engine note you would get out of a jet ski game or something like that. You get different uh, tunes if you win a race versus yeah. if you come second, third, or fourth. And Yeah. Uh, one of the things I'm remembering right now is uh, did either of you guys ever unlock the dolphin or, like, I, ride the dolphin doll. or whatever? I don't think I ever did. I didn't even know you could unlock the dolphin. It is one of those... Like, I mean, I, I was going to say Luigi in Super Mario 64, which is impossible in the first game, but, like, it, it, it's kind of that level of stupid hard to get. Like, it's not, it's not, it's something that I suspect, like, you know, maybe, like, 2% of Wave Race 64 players have done, because it requires you to do a certain trick, button combination, and a bunch of things in, like, the free ride mode where you're doing stunts, and then you can... I think ride the dolphin or something. I, I I don't exactly remember, but it's stupid complicated, and it's one of those things that annoyed me a lot as a kid because it's like, how am I supposed to do this? Why isn't there just a cheat code that lets me ride the dolphin? Why can't I just game shark this? Like, come on, Nintendo. Exactly. Exactly. I think it was riding yeah. a dolphin. Maybe 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 it was like something else. I know you. I know you race the dolphin when you start that mode it's kind of going alongside you oh yeah sure enough i found the video where you're riding a dolphin so there you go if you've uh you if you've ridden the dolphin in wave ray 64 uh be sure to uh comment uh or, or let us know that you've done that i'm watching it now and it's uh it's a little bit more natural than riding the horse in or driving the horse in daytona usa 
Just a triangular horse that clippy clops. Yeah. And makes metal crashing noises when you hit a wall. And yeah, I was about to say metal metal crashing noises are like actual tire screeches, even though it's a horse. Yeah. Yeah, for I sure. I missed the era of ridiculous bullshit like that. <laughs> it's funny too because you're still racing the other dolphin, so it's like you're riding one dolphin, and then you're racing a dolphin that is unmanned, and I have to wonder if that that causes some confusion between the dolphins. Just a little bit. It has to. Probably. It has to. Yep. So, that's that's why I got on Wave Race. I just I just enjoy this game so much. Um, it is. It's a good one. You know, I go back and forth on what my favorite N64 racing game is. Uh, there's there's a lot of factors that tie into it. I think if we're going to talk about favorite racing game and we're allowing things that aren't cars. It's Wave Race 64, just just on the basis of the physics. This game just feels so good. Yeah, physics are absolutely phenomenal. From I recall playing it, even experiencing it for the first time on the Virtual Console, I didn't feel as if it aged all, like in terms of a negative way of playing it, it was just such a, a good experience even then. Yeah, and, and Jason, I mean like, I, I, I feel like your love of Jet Moto is like Wave Race is probably almost like too easy for you, right? Like you need you need that kind of like metal energy. <laughs> a little bit. Isn't really here it, in Wave Race. <laughs> it, 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 it's weird trying not to like cough because of the sinuses, but fucking, I really like like between Jet Moto and Wave Race. Like Wave Race is fun. I just feel like it's a different pace. Like I feel like Jet Moto totally. is like you're. Tr you're trying to get the lines and you're trying to like aim yourself for the right jumps and you're like trying to get stunts so you can get boost because there's a stunt mode because you can get boost from it and in wave race it's just like oh you're just relaxedly like riding around jet skis just having a good time riding dolphins you know just everybody's having a good time jet moto is just like motocross it's all over we're all racing yeah it's a weird like parallel when you think about it yeah i i, I kind of like that we got to sit here and talk about our favorite non-car games i'm here for it it's rare that we're talking about racing games that don't involve cars so that's uh right? that's definitely something that these two games that will probably never happen again and nothing like them will ever be made again because no one wants to make them uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> that we don't have you know there's you have your formula fusions and, and ballistic ngs and stuff like that to recreate like wipe out in modern times, I'm surprised nobody has made like a spiritual successor to a jet moto or a wave race. Exactly, or even like, or even like a really fast, like good bike game. Like, I think we're missing out on bike games a little bit. Yeah, because I feel like we got we got MotoGP by the same team that's been doing it for the past six years. I forget who does the MotoGP games, but, but I think you guys it, know what I'm talking about. I don't know if it's still Milestone. I mean, they were doing... Yeah, I think it's Milestone. They're doing Ride, and they also have that TT Isle of Man game, and all their stuff is fine, but it's also, like, those are full-on simulations, you know? Yeah. I feel like we're missing, like, a good, like, just, like, a motor racer. Like, a motor racer, a wave racer, a jet moto, as we're talking about. Manx TT. Yep, Manx TT's another one. Oh, <laughs> Manx TT, too. Oh, man, that would be great. 
Yeah. So this is a pretty, pretty efficient, pretty compact episode. Um, any, any closing Time thoughts? Extend mini. Time extend mini. I mean, not really. It's only like ten minutes shorter than normal time extend. Uh, any it's closing thoughts? Um, well, play both games. <laughs> Gemmoto is good. So is Wave Race. Um, if anything, I say listen to the soundtrack of Gemmoto before you get into the game first. I feel like half of the sell on Gemmoto is like that quality soundtrack. Same with Wave Race. It's, like both could be listened to outside of the game and still be good. Wave Race is a soundtrack that I'll put on to, um, you know, just if I'm working or something like that, and you pick me up in the middle of the day, I need something like bright and cheery. It'll be, it'll be Wave Race. Yeah, strong choice. <laughs> All right. Um, well, listen. Thank you, uh, thank you, Jason, for for being on. Um, for, for talking yeah, about the game. Thank us. you, thank, Good time. thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Pleasure. Of course. Yep. And uh, yeah, play those games. That that's that's really all I have to say. Just play those games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I need to play Jet Moto, of course, myself. So, Brent, that that's directed at me. I've written it down. It'll Brendan, you be the first. Just don't don't play don't play Jet Moto three. I'll set the trend. I have PAL copies, I got you. <laughs> or Jet Rider, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of like the craziest collecting things I've ever done, I think, was just get like every Jet Moto in every region. I'm pretty sure I have them all. The only thing I'm missing is the PC port. I have everything else. Assuming there's a way you could even play that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Assuming I, you could even play the. PC I, I don't know if you have. Hardware. I don't know if you have like a vintage PC that would be suitable for that, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go 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 watch uh, lazy game reviews and try and find yep. out how you can build a PC that's optimized to play Jet Moto. <laughs> exactly. Just optimize it for Jet Moto and Twisted Metal too, and that's it. That's better than a like gaming actual gaming PC today, you know. All, all my PC ever needs to do is play Scud Race and Jet Moto, and I'm good. <laughs> You're right. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening, and uh, you'll hear from us again soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.